I remember my daughters always tell me when I do weddings, you forgot to tell them to sit down. <laughs> so I'm glad I remember. Well, today we want to be speaking about holy living, living in holiness. I love holidays, and I love especially the biblical holidays like Passover. I know we call it Easter. I like to call it Passover. I love this feast because in this feast we have beautiful teachings, especially in the feast of Passover and unleavened bread. And I'm going to use the feast of unleavened bread to point us to the life of holiness that we need to live because this is what Paul used when he was speaking about Jesus Christ being our Passover. He went back to Passover, and he said, Jesus is our Passover. And he went back, and he took the unleavened bread to say that he is our bread too. And Jesus too, he said it too. I am the bread of life. And so, with this in mind, I want to just continue to, through the scriptures to show you the importance of living in holiness. And most of us, we hear so many messages about holiness, right? A lot of messages. The question is, are you living in holiness? That's the question. Are you living in holiness? If you're not, you need to. Especially as believers of Jesus Christ. Because people know you. People see you. And especially because you call yourself a believer. You call yourself a Christian. God tells the people of God, be holy because I am holy. And that's why we need to be holy. And you know why? Because if you truly want to have the joy of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord, is through holiness. A lot of people tell me, I want to be happy. Oh, if I find the man that I want or the girl that I want, I will be very happy. If I have this house, this is what you hear from people. I will be happy. Then they get all those things and how are they? Divorcing with their kids. Get away from me. What happened? Because that's not how you get happiness. You get them through holiness. Holiness brings the blessings, blessings of God upon your life. That's what we need to understand. Through holiness, we are blessed by God. And you are able to enjoy the blessings that he has given you. And then you can be happy with the blessings of God. So Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, if you have it, please go with me there. We're going to start here, but we're going to go back to the Old Testament to understand more about this feast of the unleavened bread. 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Paul is talking to a church that was full of conflict, division, fighting, immorality. And so he writes to them. And especially during these days that we are about to celebrate the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, is so important to us to reflect in our life, to see how our life is through the year. Sometimes we are comfortable, we get lazy, we allow little sin to come into our life, and then pretty soon we are maybe far away from the Lord. And it can happen to anybody. It can happen to us too. So that's why we must be careful. And so Paul writes to this church. And he tells them this in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 6. Your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lamp? Therefore, purge out the old leaven. That you may be a new lamp. 
since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with all leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This verse has so much to teach us how to celebrate this feast, but not just the feast, how to live life, how to live every day, a life that really points to the holiness of God in a place and a world that is full of wickedness. So the believer now must live different. We cannot think like the world. We cannot act like the world. And we cannot act like some churches either. We need to think like God thinks, walk in God's ways. Because a lot of times we want to follow other people just because they say they are believers of God. But then you see the practices, they are not. They are not following the Lord. And so we need to listen to what Paul is telling, to, talking to this church about and the leaven. And so the Lord in the Old Testament, before he took the Israelites out of Egypt, he established this. And actually in the book of Leviticus, he established this feast, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And this is a beautiful feast. I remember one day talking to one of my Jewish friends about this feast, and she was so tired. She says, uh, we are about to celebrate Passover, and we are cleaning the house. And those who really want to celebrate Passover the way God established it, they go to a lot. She said, I'm taking all my stuff from the, you know, the China and all that stuff, cleaning everything. We cannot have any leaven in the home if you want to celebrate, celebrate it like that. It requires a lot of work. Thank God for Jesus Christ that he came to take out our leaven, right? Our sin. That now you can go straight to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, you know, I don't have to hide anything from you. Take away this leaven. And so let's go back to the Old Testament. As God established this um, feast of unleavened bread, when he was going to deliver Israel. But first, in Leviticus 23, verse 5 and 6, we see that he established this, and these are called the Feast of the Lord. And now Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they are blend together. In verse 5, it says, On the 14th day of the first month, at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month, is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. Seven days. Can you imagine? Seven days. We don't like bread without, sour, without flavor, right? We want everything to be tasty. Even though sometimes it's not good for us. We say, oh, it's not good. It's not tasty. Can you imagine eating bread with unleavened bread? <laughs> That's how the Lord told them. But you know, there is a beautiful lesson here. Because the number seven is the number of completion. And you know what this tells us as we go back to the New Testament? Is that God desires us to live a life of holiness. Not just for seven days. Not just for one year. All of our life, a life of holiness. According to what he established in our life. So now, let's go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. As he established the feast of Passover. 
as he's getting ready to deliver the firstborn of Egypt and take the whole nation of Israel out of Egypt. Now here, he establishes how they're supposed to celebrate the Passover. And he gives us the items of the Passover. Now, modern celebration in the Jewish um, faith, they have what they call the seder, and it has more things. But this is what the Lord told, told them to have in the biblical Passover. Verse 8, Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, the lamb, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. I'm just going to focus today in the unleavened bread because of the study. But we know that the lamb that was going to be sacrificed is a symbol of Jesus Christ, how he came. And God chose him just as the leaders of the home. They're supposed to cho choose a lamb that was without problems, that was pure. And God chose Jesus to be the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And also the bitter herbs reminded them of the slavery in Egypt, the misery that they went through. And to us, this reminds us how sin makes you miserable, brings bitterness, affliction. But also Jesus Christ took all that affliction and he went through so much to save you, to save me. But not only that, but as we continue in the New Testament, we see how Jesus says that he is the bread of life, and even he takes the bread as they are celebrating the Passover. He takes the bread and he breaks it, and he says, "This is my body." And it's very interesting because in the Jewish celebration too, they have three pieces of bread, and they take the middle one and they break it and they hide it, and then some of the kids, some some of the kids had to look for it, and that speaks of what, of Christ, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and when they find it. It means what? That he ascended. Is the, is that he came to life and then he ascends. It speaks of his resurrection. So now here we have then this uh, celebration that is to be a what? A memorial. Look at verse 14 of Exodus 12. And it's so beautiful because too, for, for us too today, we have these celebrations that are going to help us to remember what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago for you and me. That he came to free us from sin. To free the world from sin. And now, those who come to him, I love John, John 3.16. Because salvation is for everybody. As he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, as right there it says, whoever believes in him. So salvation is for everyone. Will be saved. Shall be saved. So look at verse 14. So this day shall be to you a memorial. So now they're supposed to continue to do this as a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. And again in verse 15. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. See, God was serious about this. He tells them, you must take out leaven out from seven days, no leaven. Why? Because leaven symbolizes what? Sin. As we will see it in the New Testament. And for them, it was important to listen to what the Lord was saying. 
And for us too, it's important now that we know what leaven is. That we will check in our house what is not pleasing to God. What is leaven? What, what kind of leaven I have in my house? And what kind of leaven is in my heart? Because there is leaven that people don't see. We can see some sin that people are committing. We see that person that is committing maybe adultery because you see that person going with the person that he shouldn't be. You might see the person that is stealing because he's taking things that doesn't belong to that person. We see some sin that people are committing. But what about the sin in the spirit? Bitterness. Envy. All those things that are in there that are making you, making you unhappy and you are making unhappy other people because of that leaven that is there, that is growing in our heart constantly. And because of that, we cannot enjoy the blessings of God. We cannot really live in holiness because there is leaven in us. And so God is telling the people of Israel, you need to clean your house. No leaven should be in your house. And I love what they're supposed to do. Also this day, there should be holy convocation. And it's so, such a blessing to see people like you coming to church. Because we need to do that. To be able to connect with the Lord. And with the people of God. And so he tells them that. On verse 16. On the first day there should be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No, ma- no manner of work shall be done on them. But that, but that which everyone must eat. That, on, that only may be prepared by you. And in verse 17. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. And this is what Israel has been doing. Keeping it. Celebrating it. And for us as we remember the Last Supper, we've been doing it too. Celebrating and remembering how God delivered us from sin. How through the body and the and juice that we have in our, in our churches as we celebrate the Last Supper, we remember the new covenant. And we remember that in Him we are free from sin. And verse 18, In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month, are evening. So look again how leaven was strictly forbidden in Israel. They couldn't eat it during this celebration. And it's up to these days, those who practice this, they should do it like that. They should go to their house and they go to their house and they clean all the leaven that is there to make sure their house is fully clean from leaven. As I was looking at this, and as I look at the New Testament, I just think that's what we should be doing in our own life, in our heart. Every day, not just once a year, every day. Because every day we get dirty, right? Every day. Whatever you watch in your phone, whatever you watch in TV. Have you noticed that now it's very hard to watch TV? It's like, really? They had to put all these things? It's so hard. And you see things that you don't want to have in your mind, and that you don't want to think, or you want, you, that you don't want in your heart. That's why we need to clean ourselves from leaven with the Word of God. 
And that is why we need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, please cleanse me from this leaven. Then you are, you are at work and people speak horrible things, things that you don't want to hear, but you hear them. What are you going to do about it? You need to clean yourself from those things, from the things that we pick up during the day. That's why in Ephesians, the Bible tells us, as, as God was speaking to the husband, you know, to wash the wife with the what? With the word of God. To use the word of God. So, unleavened bread was something that they had to take out of the house. And in verse 20, it says, you should, you should eat nothing with leaven in all your dwellings. Look at that. In all your dwellings during these days, you should eat unleavened bread. So they not only didn't have to eat unleavened bread, but they didn't have to have anything in the house. That's why it's important for us that in our place of work, home, whatever, we always search and think, is this leaven? Not to also be all, you know, fanatic about things, but to recognize what is not pleasing to God in your own house, in your own life. What is sin? Because if we have things that are not good, it might expand, and then you're going to, you are going to contaminate others. Instead of being used to spread the gospel, we spread what? Leaven. And that's not good. And that's why Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. Guys, why are you doing this? You need to stop it. You need to be holy. And so this celebration was a memorial to what? To the Lord. Like these days that we are celebrating, they are reminding us about the Lord. Right? And what do they remind you of? To me? Of the love of God for you. And because He loved us so much that He saw how the world is in such a condition of a slavery, spiritually speaking, that because of this, he says, you know what? I need to provide a lamb for them to be free. That's why, if you notice, for almost 2,000 years, there is no temple in Israel. There are no sacrifices. Why? Because God provided the final lamb, Jesus Christ, to cleanse us from our sin. And so all these celebrations point us to that. And also, it's a reminder of how God delivered them with a mighty hand. But also, to live in holiness. Israel is supposed to live different from all the other nations. The other nations were pagan. They were doing so many horrible things. And Israel is supposed to be set apart like you and I. We are set apart for the Lord. That's what the word holy means. Set apart. For what? For a special living that God tells us and that we will see in a few more minutes. What kind of living? Righteous living. Righteous living. Also, it was a memorial that they were the people of God. And what a blessing to me to know that I belong to God. Isn't it a blessing that you belong to God? How do you know that? Look at the cross. Jesus bought you there at the cross. And so, remember these things. Because it's real. It's, these are not just things that we just 
give you because we want to entertain you. It's real. This is real. You belong to God. And because you belong to God, then also he points to you that you need to live different. In holiness. In holiness. Now let's look at how Jesus fulfilled this. As we see that in the New Testament, he was talking about this leaven of sin, of hypocrisy, and all these things. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 11. As Jesus is talking to his disciples. And so this, this day and in this season, I exhort you, let's be careful of leaven. And let's see what kind of leaven is in our hearts and even in our homes and clean it. Matthew 16, verse 6, verse 6 to 11, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Actually, yeah. Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you see that? Take heed. Take heed of the leaven of the Pharisees. We have to be aware. You have to be aware of this leaven of the Pharisees. And you need to be careful of the leaven of people. Uh, even of religious leaders too. These were the religious leaders. We need to be careful. You need to be aware. Because Jesus even told us, the disciples, do what they tell you, but don't do what they do. Because sometimes people tell you what to do, but the way they are living doesn't reflect what they are teaching you. And may God help us not to be this kind of people. Because if we do, then we are sending mixed messages. Not a true message that we need to send. And so Jesus is very clear with them. And so we too, we need to do the same. And that's why it's so important that you and I are sincere with the Lord. And that we live our faith, you know where? First, in your house. That you husband are a great testimony to your wife of the Lord. And that you, wife, are, are also a great testimony of holiness to your husband. Because many times, we lower our guard in our home. We are so good everywhere else. And they say, oh, that man is a man of God. And the wife is saying, oh, you don't know him at home. You know? Oh, that sister is such a loving lady. And the husband is here, right? You know? It's so sad, isn't it? Right there in our home, we need to live this holiness. And it has to be reflected. I had to be this testimony to my wife. And I pray she will have the same desire too. Because this needs to be seen in our home by our kids. Holiness has to be seen in our home. I had to bring holiness into my home to exhort my wife to live in holiness and vice versa. According to what we see in the scriptures. It's very, very important. Because many times we can be holy in the church, but unholy in the house. By the practices that we do, the practices that we have. And so, husbands and wives, be the best testimony to each other that you can of the Lord to each other. 
Love each other with the love of God. Don't fight with each other. Because sometimes that's what we hear so much. Let us love each other with the love of God. Because God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Now let's continue then in Matthew verse 7. And they reason among themselves saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? How is it? You, don't, you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread. But to beware of what? Of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is what we must be concerned. And what was the leaven of the Pharisees? Their teachings. Look at verse 11, at 12. Then they understood that he said not, that he did not tell them to beware of the, of, sorry. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So be careful with the doctrine that you are picking outside too. That goes against the scriptures. Be careful. Jesus told the disciples, you be very careful. And then if you go to Luke chapter 12, we see also that leaven is being spoken of hypocrisy. And again, he brings back the Pharisees. Luke 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when a numerable multitude of people had gathered together, so that they trampled one another, he, he began to say to his disciples, first, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is? Hypocrisy. You know this word in the Greek means a person that wears, wears different masks. Today you have one mask here with this person. Then that person leaves. You take out the mask and you put another mask to this person. And then the same thing you do with people. So you're not real, in other words. And so he says, be careful of hyp hypocrisy. And so if we want to live holy living or living Holy lives, we must be careful to be who we are. But don't be like this. Well, you know, if you are all grumpy, this is how I am and so on. You know, that's how I am. That's not right. You have to change, right? Because some people do that. You knew me like that, so now, so be it. No. If we are believers, the Lord must change us. We must be transformed, right? By the power of the Holy Spirit. We should be, you know, every day getting better in the Lord. Because a lot of people use excuses. How about people that say, I like to say whatever I want to say and what? Well, if you like to say whatever you want to say, be ready to hear what other people want to say to you. You know? Because we want to say what we want, but we don't want to hear what other people want to say to us, right? So we need to be transformed by the Word of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit as we surrender to Him. 
If you don't surrender, nothing is going to happen. You know, when I had to talk to people about marriage, marriage problems, I told them this before we start. I told them, do you really want to change your life? Do you want to make a difference in your life? Or you just want to come to do this just to say that you went to counseling? Because if you want to, you need to surrender to God. You and you. Both of you. If you don't surrender to God, I'm going to be here for five, six, seven weeks and nothing is going to change. Until you surrender to God. Truly surrender. And you say, Lord, deal with me first. Because we want God to deal with that person, but not with me. And I need God to deal with me. To live in holiness so I can bring this holiness out. And then in 1 Corinthians, we read it, but we're going to read it again. Now Paul again pointing to Jesus as our Passover. And now inviting us to celebrate this Passover without leaven. He says how we are to do this. And what we need to take out. Verse 5. 1 Corinthians 5, 6-8. Your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lamp? Do you see that? That's why we should not allow any little sin. Because we know that. It's like when people make that bread, they put a little gist or whatever, and boom, little by little, with that, those things, they go up. That's why if you eat a lot of bread, you too, you go up, you know? <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true, right? It's true. So that's the same thing with sin. So that's why Jesus is telling us also even here a good tip, you know, Paul, to stay in shape. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lamp. And this is what the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to make us new. And when he makes you new, he wants you to have a refreshed marriage, refreshed family, church. Everything is different. If we surrender to him, if we do what we need to do. If we say, Lord, here I am, transform me. Since you truly are unleavened, he says this, for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with all leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Do you see that? This leaven, sin. I don't like to just, and this is me, and we try to do this in our home too, not just to, okay, what well, we say, Easter is here and Easter is gone. We want to spend some time. And not just during these days, but always, but especially in these days, to really meditate in these things. And to do some cleaning in our mind, as we do some cleaning in our home too. Because sometimes our homes are full of stuff, right? And that's why we have what you call it spring cleaning, which is a good thing. But what about if we do that too with our mind, ourselves? Lord, I need some cleaning. Let's do it. He will do it. What is that is controlling you today? Do you have a hot temper? Gossip? What is it that you might need to tell the Lord, Lord, help me. This is not good. And I recognize that. Are you a liar? 
like he says here, you're not sincere. Because we need to celebrate this, as he says, with the bread of what? Sincerity and truth. Sincerity and truth. Sometimes we lie even though we don't want to lie, right? And sometimes we lie knowing that we are not going to do what we're going to do. Maybe somebody invites you to their home and you say, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there, okay. And you know in your mind you're not going to be there. What are you doing? We do that, right? We lie. Sometimes knowing and sometimes just because these are already custom to do. And so to do this, we need to deny all those desires that are not good. If you have your Bibles, go to Titus. Titus chapter 2. So, as we recognize, Lord, we need to clean our mind and our hearts, and we need to be holy. Let's read verse 11, Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation, uh, for, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. Righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that, we might re that, that he might redeem us from every loveless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Sell us for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Do you see what we need to do? Especially in these days again. Do this. God, I want to get rid of ungodliness. All the worldly lust. All unrighteousness. And how we supposed to live? What kind of holy life, as he says here, that we should live how? Soberly, righteously. And how godly were in the present age, in this place that is full of wickedness. That you live not like everybody else. That you don't say, well, everybody's doing it. No, we don't do it. We live in righteousness. And that's what also Paul said in Romans. Go to Romans, please. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. This is why Jesus, as our Lamb of God, did for us. He now makes us righteous. So we can live like this. Romans 6, 16 to 19. Do you not know... That to who you present yourselves as slaves to obey, you are that one's slave whom you obey. Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. 
Do you see? Who do you obey? If you are obeying sin, then you are a slave of sin. But if you are obeying God, you want to be what? A slave of righteousness, which is good. Verse 17. But God be thanked that through you were slaves of sin, yet you obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. To which you were delivered. What a blessing. He says, now, even though you were in sin, you received that gospel, you obey, and you were delivered from sin. And that's why we are here. Verse 18. And having been set from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I love this. Slaves of righteousness. Are you a slave of righteousness? I hope you are. Slaves of righteousness. This is who we're supposed to be as we are walking and living in holiness. And then he continues. Speak in human terms. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you present your members as slaves of uncleanness and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is dead. But now, having been set free from sin and having, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, do you see? Beautiful, isn't it? If we are slaves of righteousness, now we are to live what? In holiness. And we have the promise of what? Of eternal life. Now, you know what? When we walk in righteousness, you know what righteousness produces as you are walking in holiness? He's, you can see it in Isaiah chapter 32. Let's go there. Look at this. And I pray that this is happening to you and in your home. And if it's not happening, that today it will start. Watch. Isaiah chapter 32. Let's start in verse 16. If the Lord is in our heart, may God give us the power and may we surrender to him. To be able to have these things in our life and in the life of our family. Verse 16, it says, Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness. An assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, in quiet resting places. Though hell comes down on the forest and the city is brought down low in humiliation. Blessed are you who sow beside all the waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. Let us focus in this um, righteous verse as we already saw how through jesus christ now we are called to righteousness to live in holiness 
Why? Because look at what righteousness produces. When we walk in righteousness, and I pray, as it says here, justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteous remain in the fruitful field. May God's righteousness and justice be in our own homes and everywhere. And I, I invite you to pray for our nation for these things. But then, look at the work of righteousness. And this is what we need. That's why I told you. We need this in our own life so we can have this in our own home. Because sadly, in many Christian homes, there is no peace. There is no quietness. There is no security. Why? Because there is no righteousness. Because a lot of times, one is full of violence. And it's sad. Because God wants to deliver us from all those things. And if we understand that through righteousness, the righteousness of God, look at verse 17. The work of righteousness will produce what? Peace. And that's what most of us are looking for, right? Peace. We want peace. We want a peaceful home, right? Only through righteousness. What kind of righteousness? The righteousness that Christ gives us is going to bring this peace. And this is the work of righteousness. But then the effect of righteousness, as we are living in holiness, look at what it's going to bring. Quietness. Wow. Isn't it beautiful? That's why I tell the people when they're going to get married, they are so excited. I tell them, you know what? Please make sure you are walking in righteousness. Because after a few months, they are all angry with each other. First, I love you so much. I cannot live without you. Oh, you made me so happy. And pretty soon, what happened? I thought he made you so happy. Oh, I cannot. Yeah. It's like, Wow. You know, that's why I say, please focus in the Lord, because if you focus in the Lord, you are going to have true peace. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have disagreements, we're not going to have problems. We are going to, but we're going to deal with them in a different way. With the Word of God, in the power of the Spirit, and not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And I hope most of you are doing that. Because sometimes it's much, much easier to be in the flesh and then say, oh, Lord, now I'm going to repent. No. It has to be in the spirit. How, how often do we supposed to be in the spirit? 24-7. But it's so hard, isn't it? Sometimes I feel like I can say, Lord, can you just give me a few minutes not to be in the spirit to deal with this person right now? Please, Lord. I feel like that sometimes. I don't know about you. You know? And I, I do a, a special kick that I have that goes like this. And I say, and I can just do that in maybe a few, in few seconds. But how is that going to fix the situation? It's going to make it worse. Living in holiness and walking in the Spirit keeps you from so much trouble, right? But why we don't understand that? Why is it so hard? I think it's because we take our eyes off of the Lord. That's for my personal experience. 
I put my eyes in the problem and not in the Lord. And later on I come back and I say, oh, Lord, why did I do that? And the Lord says, very gentle, you already know how to do this. He doesn't condemn me, but he points to me that I did it in the flesh. Being in the flesh doesn't work. It doesn't produce these things. Read Galatians chapter 5 and you see what the flesh produces. That's why Paul says, why are you so prideful? He says that. Because we let pride dominate us instead of being humble before the Lord. And so, look, the effect of righteousness as we are walking in holiness is going to be what? Quietness and assurance forever. What a blessing it is when those kids in a marriage, they feel secure because they see their mom and dad walking in holiness and they feel secure in their home. But it's so sad, too, because I work with different families to see the kids that they are, like, all scared because they don't feel secure. And what a blessing to see that husband and wife also the same way, you know. And we can produce this now with the power of the Lord in our life. Walking in righteousness and in holiness, living a godly life. And now that we have this, we can offer this to the world, starting in where? In our home. This righteousness should be where? Dwelling where? In your home. In my home. Starting with me. In the morning when I wake up to be ready, spiritually speaking. Have you noticed that sometimes you wake up in the flesh? Who is there with me? <laughs> sometimes it's like, Lord, why? Why, Lord? I had to go on my knees and say, help me to be in the spirit because I don't feel a Christian right now. You know? But this is now what we had to do as believers. We understand that we are living in this flesh, but that we had the blessing of walking in holiness and righteousness and choosing righteousness every day. Again, where do you start? Start in your home. Start in your home. Let the effect of righteousness come in your home. Let this peace and quietness, tranquility, assurance, security be there. As in verse 18 says, my people will dwell in peace, in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. This is what he was offering Israel and he is going to give it to them. But also now in Christ Jesus, this is how we are to live. Godly living. In righteousness. In peace. You know, Jesus said, love one another, right? But sometimes as I look at the church and I look at people in church, different people, I feel that we heard, go and fight with one another. He did not say that, right? Even as we look at the world, Jesus says, go and love one another. And it seems that the world heard, go and arm one another. And go and fight with one another. He didn't say that. Jesus said very clearly, love one another. And that's the mark of the believer. Love. Love. So, as we understand that Jesus is our Passover lamb, and that he is the bread that came down from heaven. And that he is our bread. And we need to feed on him. And 
we understand that He saved us and that He justified us. Now in Him, as we read in Titus 2, we are to live godly. Live in righteousness. Seeking the wisdom of God. Seeking to think like God. Like Isaiah 55 says, when God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, your ways are not my ways. And sometimes we want God to follow us. No, we have to follow God. To live, live, to live a godly life. And a godly life is going to bring true blessings. I want to give you this as I finish and as an exhortation. Number one, search for leaven in your life. Is there any leaven? You know, read with me Second Corinthians 7. 7, 2. Because sometimes we have filled in our life, but like I said at the beginning, we see filled in the flesh, but also there is filled in the spirit. Filled. Look at Second Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. As we read the scriptures, as we pray to the Lord, as we surrender to Him, He shows us what we need to deal with. And we already know, right? Your wife can let you know if you have a hot temper. Or your wife, you know, you know what you need to deal with. And now we need to go and surrender that to the Lord. But sometimes we get so, so accustomed to each other that it seems that with each other we kind of lower the guard and we just are like whatever. No. We need to give each other a good testimony. And we need to treat each other well. Wife, treat your husband well. You know why? Because he's the son of God. And your wife, the same thing. I mean, your husband, she's a daughter of God. And he expects you to treat her well. That's why we need to make sure we are getting out of ourselves bitterness, anger, uh, anger and all these things. Now, if we search ourselves and we find leaven, take it out. Give it to the Lord. What kind of leaven? As we saw in Matthew, First Corinthians, hypocrisy, malice, lust, unforgiveness, strife, all envy, all these things. So let's get rid of leaven. Christ came to clean us from all sin. Let's be clean. And as the Jewish people will take that bread and eat it, now who supposed to who who in whom do we supposed to feed on? In Jesus Christ. In John six, he says, I am the bread of life. So we need to come to the scriptures and feed ourselves, learn about Christ. That way we know how to be. And so we can walk in holiness. So as we are celebrating this season, the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, let us make sure we do it clean from leaven. From the leaven of the flesh and the leaven of the spirit. And so with that, we can walk in holiness every day. Our walking in holiness is every day. And be careful. Beware, like Jesus said, because we are exposed to so much. 
that you clean yourself from all those things. So as I finish, spend some time, maybe in your house today, tomorrow, or maybe today after the study, and really reflecting what we study and ask the Lord, show me, Lord, if there is any leaven. And if you already know, say, Lord, I surrender this to you. And if you need to surrender it tomorrow, do it tomorrow again. Because we know some things are hard, right? But we got to do it. And just continue to sit, to live a godly life and to walk in righteousness. And again, let us practice this righteousness. Where? In our home. In our home. It's so easy to be Christians everywhere, but sometimes it's hard to be Christian at home, right? Be a Christian at home. That's the first place we need to give great testimony. Live in holiness in your house. Let your kids see that you live in holiness. Let your kids that you are real. And let them see that Christ is real in your life. May God help us and empower us. And we have the power of the Spirit to do it. Without Him, we cannot do it. So let us live in this present age godly lives to reach other people for Jesus Christ. Sometimes, without saying anything, just by being a godly person. You know, sometimes we say too much, and then finally later on they say, well, but well, let me see, but I thought you were a Christian. How come you're doing this? You know? So let your holy living speak loud and clear and speak volumes. And when God gives you the opportunity, use your mouth. Because through your testimony, you already spoke. May God help us. May God really empower us to do it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Lord, we need your help. Because we confess to you, Lord, that in our flesh we cannot live this way. But we are so grateful for your Holy Spirit. Because in the Spirit, Lord, we have what we need. But even though we have the Spirit, Lord, we confess to you that it's hard to surrender to you. But as we were singing today, Lord, we need to surrender. Like Paul said, that we need to submit to you so we can submit to one another. That we can become those godly examples to people. Thank you, Father, for the scriptures. Because the scriptures give us totally different things from this world. The scriptures give us the real thing, Lord God, that we need in life. And we are so grateful for that, Lord. And I pray that everybody here will be encouraged, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit and the Word of God that you gave us, Father, things are possible. Lord, we confess to you that many times we let the flesh rule. But we are grateful for your grace and your mercy because, Lord, you are there to guide us. And it's such a blessing to know that when we do something wrong and we're not doing good things, instead of condemnation, we receive conviction. And, Lord, conviction leads us to do what you call us to do. Condemnation leads us to live in ways that lead to anxiety, to things that are not good, but you are not leading us to do that. You lead us to conviction, 
to change, to walk in holiness, to walk in peace. And that's what we need to understand, Lord. We need your conviction. And I pray that everyone here will be able to hear what the Spirit is saying. As the Spirit brings conviction to us when we are doing things that are not right. And that the Spirit is leading us to do things in the Spirit. Help us to listen to your Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for Jesus. I pray that you help us to live lives free from the leaven of sin, Lord God. And Lord, that we will desire to live without leaven all of our life, Father. Not just seven days, one month, but all of our lives. Help us, Lord. We need your help. We need your power. And we know that you are there to help us, Lord. We know that your spirit is here to lead us and to teach us and to empower us. And I pray for everyone here, Lord, that they will walk out of this place empowered by your spirit, by your word, and Lord, ready to continue or to start living truly in righteousness. Lord God, doing the work of righteousness that we might have the effect of righteousness, Lord, peace and quietness, and security, Lord God, because you, Lord, are offering this to us. And I pray that each one of us will again listen to your spirit, because you want to bless us, Lord, and you want to bless the people around us with your love, your grace, and your mercy that brings true joy to all of us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord